global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Analog devices and linear technology seal a deal. Moments ago, they announced the acquisition. Analog devices is buying linear at a value of about $60 a share. Stocks are fluctuating. We do have the Dow now turning positive, up by about half a point. Little change there at 2169. NASDAQ up 12, a gain of two tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials down 24, a drop of one tenth of one percent. The 10 year up 4.30 seconds, the yield 1.55%. Gold up 30 cents, 13.19 the ounce. Little change there. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate down 28 cents, 42.85 on West Texas Intermediate, a drop there of 7 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Nintendo has been on quite a roller coaster the past few trading days, posting its worst drop in 26 years yesterday after the company poured cold water on the notion that the explosive popularity of Pokemon Go would translate into steady profits. Now, if you were looking for a way to profit on some of this volatility, well, you could find it uh, if you listen now to our next guest. Andrew Shannon joins us now. He's chief executive officer at Pure Funds. It's the world's first video game tech ETF. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us more about you and how you came to start this GAMR, Gamer, world's first video game uh, tech ETF. Are you a gamer yourself or did you just say, hey, there's a way to make a lot of money in this? You know, Pure Funds, uh, our, our company has a, has a history of creating uh, new investment opportunities focusing on very specific industries and themes. Uh, we were actually approached with this idea from an individual that has uh, been a, a research analyst covering the video game industry for roughly a decade and really shared um, and, and kind of opened our eyes to how large of an industry this really is. Most people don't realize, but more money was spent last year on video game technology around the world than cybersecurity. And so once you start learning more and more about this industry, it becomes a much more um, interesting one and one that I think more people will want to learn about. Andrew, can you give us any uh, number figure? I was looking around about a $23, $24 billion a year business. So I think that might just be for the, the games itself. Correct. The overall video game technology industry is uh, roughly over $90 billion last year. Okay, so you got over $90 billion. Tell us about video games like Pokemon Go that require some kind of either augmented reality or virtual reality. And I keep thinking about fitness, things like Zombies Run and uh, geocaching, for example. Fantastic. So, yes, yeah, so you know, these are two uh, types of technologies that we've been hearing about for the last several years, virtual reality, augmented reality, and, you know, ones that at times can, can be overhyped. You know, I think virtual reality still has a long ways to go, but as far as Pokemon Go and um, augmented reality, I think this was one of really the first games that the mainstream, um, you know, uh, users, gamers have realized what this technology is and how they can use it. And now they're starting to see and understand better and grasp how this technology can transcend just entertainment and into things like you said, like training, simulation, fitness, healthcare, education, and you know, the list goes 
goes on. And now it's up to the software providers to say, okay, this is real. People are interested in it. They want to use it. We could put it on mobile. We could put it in consoles, different uh, app, uh, different uh, mediums like that. And we'll, it will be interesting to see how it transcends entertainment moving forward. Well, and in fact – I'm not a gamer, okay, but I, to me, one of the cool things about Pokemon Go is it makes people get out and move around. So in a sense, this is – is that one of the things you think that then it fits in with this, to me, this broader uses of, of what we call video games and augmented reality so people aren't just sitting in front of a screen with their thumbs moving but actually doing something? Absolutely. I, I could envision a future where we see uh, children in the classrooms you know, using virtual reality to actually do geography instead of learn geography, um, where you're using augmented reality to work in your, in your chemistry lab or to learn a new skill set on the job. You know, th- I think that's kind of where we are right now, where people are saying, okay, this technology is here. With virtual reality, like I said, they still have a lot of kinks to work out, which is why you haven't seen the software there. But now seeing the success that, that Niantic and Nintendo to have had with Pokemon Go, it could be a way to kind of dust off old game franchises or create entirely new business models. Um, you know, why not? Why not have something at your at your local department store where it's almost a game to try to find some sale item as opposed to just show up and get get the item on sale? You know, I think there's many different ways that this can be used. And I think we're going to start to see retailers, fitness um, chains, things like that. Um, I even I've even heard of, of uh, fitness classes looking to kind of cash in on the the Pokemon craze and incorporate augmented reality. So I think this is kind of opening new new businesses that never really considered video games or gaming technology and are looking at ways to apply that to how they go about their business. What's old is new again. I keep thinking of Nintendo Power Pad or even Dance Revolution, as well as the uh, Nintendo Wii. Nintendo happens to be, I believe, the largest holding in the Pure Funds Video Game Tech Exchange Traded Fund, symbol G-A-M-R. How does a company get into this ETF portfolio? Right, so that's uh, you know, determined by the index provider, but what they're really looking for are companies that have a focus on video game technology. Now, what is that? Those are companies that are developing video games and software, those developing consoles, even some of the, the chip providers, um, uh, NVIDIA and uh, AMD are in the fund, as well as some of the mobile gaming companies and some of the peripheral uh, equipment providers too. So it really looks at the overall industry, those providing and creating the technology, as well as the platforms that, that gamers are using, even retail companies that are selling uh, games and distributing them. So it really looks at the overall ecosystem. It doesn't just focus on the people making the games. I think that kind of ties into, you know, this isn't just entertainment. It's not just the game companies or the software providers. It's those that are creating all these different uses as well for uh, gamification, augmented reality, virtual reality. And right now, those areas are are fairly Mm -hmm. small, but very potentially those areas could um, become a larger exposure in the fund as they mature as well. So, Andrew, uh, as someone who has, well, you have a couple of funds. One, we're talking about the video game fund, GMR, and we're going to maybe get a chance to talk about iFly looking at drones, but Apple's releasing today. What about the Apple earnings report is important to you as the person who oversees this um, video game tech ETF? Yeah, one of the larger trends that has made gaming so much more pervasive is that 
um, you know, with the the, broad, the spread of broadband and mobile devices, more people can actually play games and get access to games than ever before. You don't have to spend a couple hundred dollars on a console and, and do this. With Apple, they're kind of approaching this from from many ways, which make them an interesting holding for the company. You know, they have the the smartphones and tablets that people can actually play the games on. They're developing Apple TV and games, and game companies can actually add games to an Apple TV. So now you can play games directly on your TV if you have an Apple TV device. So really what we're, you know, want to see is, uh, in a, um, you know, more people getting, uh, these different devices in their hands so that they can use and, and play these different games. So they're kind of a platform company almost, kind of like a, a console company, but, you know, they're, they're not limited to just certain types of companies, uh, and games being able to be accessed from their phones. So, you know, if more people are, are buying and getting, um, iPads and iPhones in their hands, that's more potential gamers out there, as well as more people using the App Store to potentially download these games. And more people are interested in the drone industry, the Pure Funds Drone Economy Strategy ETF, symbol iFly, Parrot, SA, the French uh, wireless products manufacturer and the maker of Bebop drones, as well as mini drones. What do you focus on? Is it defense? Is it entertainment? Is it commerce when it comes to drones? Yeah, you know, right now this this is a burgeoning industry. You know, there have been drones around, um, you know, for for many years, but we're starting to see it transcend just kind of the original aerospace and defense applications. And this technology is advancing, so we're starting to see new businesses try to incorporate drones into their business model to create new efficiencies to better serve their their clients, and as well as do things that they haven't been able to do before. So, you know, right now. Um, you know, there are only a couple of pure play publicly traded drone companies. You mentioned Parrot, AeroVironment, as well, an American company in the drone uh, space. But currently, there are you know many kinds of uh, aerospace defense companies. But as more companies get involved and start incorporating drones into their business lines, um, you know it, it wouldn't be difficult to see those companies start to enter the fund as well. Um, it also does have companies that make sensors, chips. Um, cameras for drones um, currently as well. So it's, it really is this overall kind of drone ecosystem, and the index is, is cleverly built. It uses what they call a proprietary drone score to rank scores based on public information to determine what each company's footprint is in the drone industry. And as more companies start to get contracts or create um, create uh, or incorporate drones into their businesses, they have the ability to also come to the fund. And ideally, um, there will be more pure play companies in the fund as more companies um, that are publicly traded are pure play drone companies. Maybe you could create a new fund that sort of combines gaming with drones. I don't know how you'd do that, but um, could be an interesting we, we, one. We we don't want to get too too specific. We want to try to capture these these broad industries that we think are growth emerging growth opportunities and provide that ability for investors to get global diversification. So each of the publicly traded ETFs that we have all have a global exposure. So you're not just getting you know what you see at home, but really uh, diversification around the world. Andrew Channon, thank you very much. Chief Executive Officer of Pure Funds. You can follow them on Twitter at Pure Funds. Drones and video game investing. This is Bloomberg.